Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast where we're talking about the questions that make you thin. And what we mean specifically is the type of question that is an absolute game changer. And I'm not exaggerating. This is the thing that can change everything because you have to understand that most of your thinking is re in response to questions that you're asking. And they're questions that you don't even realize you're asking. And the type of question you are consistently asking yourself is one of the primary reasons why you are stuck at your weight and not able to lose the weight you want to. And when you change this type of question into the other one, everything changes magically. Now I know I'm saying making big promises here, but I'm gonna live up to them because it's that powerful. I've tested this over and over and over again, personally, professionally over the last 30 years, and it is a game changer. So. Let's start with the type of questions you are asking yourself. They are, as a category, problem-oriented. You are most likely consistently asking yourself problem-oriented questions when it comes to your weight loss, such as, why can't I follow a plan? Why can't I lose weight? Why can't I stick to a diet? Why can't I eat better? What's wrong with me? Why is this so hard? Why can't I do this? <laughs> and on and on and on. And these questions you've probably been asking for many years, probably decades, and you have the answers, first of all, already looped out. You're not treading new territory every time you ask these. You now pretty much just think in these tracks of why you can't lose weight, why it's so hard, why it's so difficult. Now, in fairness, you think that if you keep asking these questions, you're going to have some big cognitive breakthrough that's gonna change everything. Okay, so of course you're doing it for a positive reason. You think if you understand why, well, that's gonna change it all. But I'm here to tell you what's more likely to have happened is you keep cycling through all the problems. You keep cycling through reasons why you can't stick to a plan, why you can't eat right, why you can't lose weight. And it starts to imprint your subconscious mind with all this negative suggestion that you are overweight and unable to change it. So if you feel like you are powerless to change your weight, if you feel like you don't know what to do, I'm telling you, I guarantee you, that a big part of it is that you are asking problem-oriented questions. So what's the solution? I just gave it to you, it's solution-oriented questions. When you start asking better questions, you're going to start getting better answers. Your subconscious mind is a servo mechanism. It just answers whatever you ask it. And so if you keep asking it for reasons why you can't stick to a plan or lose weight, you're going to keep getting answers. Some may be accurate and some may have nothing to do with the problem, but you're gonna keep generating and running through the same ideas. So the solution right to question is the secret to losing weight in a comfortable and enjoyable way. And that's our first clue to how to ask a solution right to question. Instead of asking, why can't I stick to a plan? We ask, how can I easily and comfortably stick to a plan? How can I enjoy losing weight? How can I eat healthier and enjoy the process? How can I like working out? How can I lose weight automatically easily so I don't have to think about it? I know you don't have answers to these questions. I understand that, but you're not asking these questions. And if you're not asking these questions, you're never going to get these answers. I sit before you as a person who now has been asking these questions for 30 years and has the answers, and it is easy and automatic for me to stay at my goal weight. I enjoy it, I love it, I enjoy the process. I wanna stay at this weight and live this way, eat this way for the rest of my life because I've been asking those questions and I have the answers to them. So now you might be thinking, Jim, just tell me the answers. Well, I can't tell you the answers because they're my answers. How I maintain my weight and achieve my goal weight in an enjoyable and fun way 
is up to me. I'm a different person than you are. We have different preferences, different lifestyle, different situation. So I can't, um, you know, do that for, um, oh, I'm muted. Um, I can't do that uh, for you. There we go. Um, so you have to answer these questions yourself. You have to spend some time thinking obsessively. I will tell you that. It needs to be obsessive. You need to consistently think, how can I do this? How am I going to do it? And if you keep asking these questions, how can I eat healthier? How can I eat less and lose weight comfortably? As you keep asking these questions, you start getting different answers and responses, and then you can test them out, and then you can build on top of those. And it becomes a path of success. Each day you're taking steps forward in a solution-oriented way that brings you towards your goal in an enjoyable and comfortable way. Now, this is not BS. This is all stuff that you can do, but you've got to start asking better questions. It is the questions that are dictating most of your thoughts, and it is your thoughts that's dictating most of your weight because it dictates your behaviors. So as you start asking more solution-oriented questions, be comfortable with the fact that you don't have the answers, but understand and believe that if you keep asking these questions, like rain, water on rock, you're going to find the answers. You're going to wear it down. And once you have the answers, that's when everything changes. Okay, because right now you don't have these answers. I understand that. But once you have them, you've got a solution right in front of you. And if you had a real genuine solution that works for you, you're going to use it. The difference right now is that you don't have that and you're not going to get it from asking problem oriented questions. I promise you it hasn't worked yet. It's never going to. So the secret is to start immediately start asking more solution oriented questions about what you want and how you want to achieve it. And I guarantee you, you're going to end up in a much different place. Okay. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Don, you said I was muted. I am having muting issues all week. I don't know. Can you hear me now? Oh, I see. Yep. It's flipping. You know what? I think this one's bad. Yep. There it is. Little, little green and red light, right? There it is. So yeah. Can you all hear me now? Imagining. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I like to use, you know what? I guess these things are, what are you going to do? I got to say, <laughs> this thing was like 20 bucks. And for 20 bucks, I got to say it's worked pretty well, lasted pretty well, but um, seems like it is on its last legs because every day I've done a call this week, uh, it's muted. So anyways, uh, <laughs> which sucks because it was a good lesson. But you understand, you know, when I do these calls, I live stream them to YouTube and then I, um, I cut the first five minutes or so as like a lesson I do. And I put that up on TikTok. But watch this lesson tomorrow. I'll have this up. Yeah, tomorrow morning. I, I always put it up the next day um, because this is a really important one. You know, we talk about mindset. You know, I know I was thinking that today. You know, a lot of times with weight loss now, um, and I see your question, I, I, I'll get to that one second. And I, hey, Natasha, um, I was going to say, oh, you know, you hear a lot of buzzwords now, right? Because people are starting to wake up to the fact that diets don't work. And so what you'll hear now is buzzwords like, oh, I don't need a diet. I need a lifestyle change. Or I don't need just a diet. I need to shift my mindset. And uh, that's good. It's good to hear those things. But make sure that you're hearing details of how to do that. Don't just let people, you know, bullshit you with, oh, yeah, lifestyle, 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 uh, mindset, mindset, mindset. Because to be honest, I, I think Weight Watchers does this a little bit with the mindset piece. And it's they don't give you any real practical tools, in my opinion, you know, compared to what, what I know and what I share. Um, so make sure, you know, I, I do think you need mindset, right? So I always think the, the weight mastery, I'm starting to call it the weight mastery pyramid. I'm going to have to put a training out for this. Um, but the, the three pillars of weight mastery, and I put them in a pyramid shape to 
designate what's most important and how to think of them conceptually. The bottom level is mindset, then lifestyle, then eating. And I think that's important to think about in that way because mindset's the most important thing. Then you stack lifestyle on top of it and then it's the eating strategies. Thank thank you, Don. Um, And so we want to, when we hear mindset or lifestyle, that's great, but we want specifics. All right. And, and so, again, how to change your mindset, asking better questions is one of the core ways to do that. All right. Um, let's see here. Someone says, I says, when you say flour is bad, do you also mean lentil flour and all the gluten free flour? Um, so let me just clarify. I, I don't I don't really think anything's necessarily bad necessarily, but I, I think because everything's good and bad. Right. And so flour is OK in moderation. Uh, but here's where where some of the context you want to have when it comes to flour is first thing is to understand that flour, the the flour like you would make, like if you were living back in the olden days and you made flour, you'd probably make a different flour than what you're consuming today. Okay. Because the flour now is missing um, the the outer shell of it, you know, where, where there's more fiber and more nutrients and it's really just the middle part of it. And so, and it's super, super pulverized and floured. And so what ends up happening is when you consume it, and this is the same with sugar, sugar and flour are both like this. When you consume the flour, it's been powdered. Think of it as like pre-digested almost. So when you consume it, it's, it's very quickly absorbed. And so flour and sugar spike blood sugar typically because they're absorbed so fast and they go into your blood and um, there's not much left after that, right? So it's not that flour is bad, but it's that flour, typical flour, uh, is typically going to be powdered and it's going to spike your blood sugar. Um, that makes it addictive. Uh, th- that has a bunch of other effects with it. So lentil flour would be better, okay, because wheat flour itself, um, again, usually it, it's been stripped of a lot of its nutrients and it's just the endosperm, so what they call it, that you're consuming. Um, when it comes to lentils, you're getting usually the whole lentil, okay, and so it's a more whole food. This is why... I guess there's debates, you know, whether whether white flour or whole wheat flour is better. Um, I'm in the camp of whole wheat flour is a bit better. Still, again, it's not ideal because it's been floured. And so now we go to lentils. Um, I would I would assume lentil flour would be healthier blood sugar wise uh, than wheat flour, typically. Um, however, I would rather eat lentils. So there you go. Um, gluten-free flour, it's kind of the same thing. It doesn't have gluten, um, so you don't have the gluten factor of it. But again, you still have that that really fast absorption. And the thing with the really fast absorption, right, specifically flours and sugars, is that it creates like a tsunami effect. And that's how you should think about it. You know, it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but in my where I live, um, there's been flooding for the last month. And what they say is like, you know, we got four inches of rain in like an hour. And, you know, they were saying like, if you got four inches of rain over the week, the systems can manage that. They can handle it, right? It's when we get the tsunami effect of all of this rain all at once, it overwhelms the systems, you see? So it's not just a matter of the four inches of rain. That, that's one part of it. But it's also the fact that it's been you know, coming all at once. So let's just stick with lentils, for example. If you're going to consume f- lentil flour, you're going to absorb that really fast. If you consume lentils, it's going to take a lot longer to break those down. And so you're going to absorb them a lot slower. And so what this affects is the glucose, right? All this food breaks down to glucose in your, in your blood. This is your blood sugar. And so if it's that tsunami effect, you're spiking your blood sugar 
and it can overwhelm the systems because now as soon as you spike the blood sugar, now the pancreas has to release lots of insulin to clear it out because too much glucose is toxic you know, to your body. So now your body's not even good at measuring spikes of, ins of glucose because it's not a natural thing. If I put you out in the woods, you're not spiking your blood sugar like you can now. You literally couldn't even do it. So what happens a lot of times when we spike our blood sugars, your body overreacts and puts way too much insulin out. Now, insulin's toxic too at a high level, right? And now what happens is now you crash your glucose levels down. Guess what? Now you're hungry again, right? So this, this kind of gives you a little behind the scenes of if you've ever eaten, you know, if you ever eat kind of processed foods and you eat a lot and then you're hungry right after, you know, this is part of that reason why. And so as you start eating more whole natural foods, they tend to be a lot more satiating, you know, that they satisfy you a lot longer. And um, that's where we want to go. And they don't overwhelm the system, you know, as much. So I hope that helps to explain it. And, um, you know, there's definitely better people to explain all that than me, but um, th that's a kind of way to do it. How to program yourself then when someone has PCOS. Yeah, okay, so I, I work with people with PCOS and it, it's a challenge, you know I mean? It's a real thing. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, pretend like, oh, it doesn't matter, just whatever. It's a real challenge. It may slow down your weight loss, okay? That being said, at the end of the day, you know, it really comes down to what you're putting in your mouth consistently. And, you know, <laughs> there, there are physical things, right? So if you're insulin resistant, if you're thyroid issues, menopausal, uh, PCOS, Hashimoto's, these are all real things, okay? But even in those situations, it comes down to what you're putting in your mouth consistently. And so to program yourself then really is about programming yourself to eat the foods that get you to your goal weight. And so it's, it's not some magical thing. It's, it's really taking a step back and saying, why do you eat what you eat? Right? Why do you do it? You probably have no idea. You just, you like what you like and you eat it, right? And then you go on diets and you try and change it. And so it's really kind of about that process of how do you get yourself to eat the foods that you know you should? Because we all know what we should eat and shouldn't eat. Most people, it's not an information problem. It's a problem that they don't know how to get themselves to change their behaviors. They don't know how to consistently change what they're eating. And so PCOS is the same thing. I help people with PCOS lose weight. So... Um, that's not something that's going to prevent you from losing weight. It may slow it down. It may make it harder. It may take a little longer, but you can still do it because it all comes down to what you're putting in your mouth. And what you're putting in your mouth really comes down to what you're thinking consistently. It's a reflection of that. Um, do you like seafood? Uh, I like seafood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I guess I won't answer that. Uh, thanks you very much. It really helps a lot. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad I... Um, thank you so much. Too bad uh, <laughs> the other person left. <laughs> uh, I like seafood. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing with food, right? Is that, and this is part of the, uh, this is part of the programming is how you think about, you know, because I was thinking about this, like it's not a willpower thing. Like, like how you eat is really not about um, willpower. It's way more about how you think about food. It really is. You know, and so what most people do when they're trying to change how they eat is they're trying to rely on willpower to just stop themselves from eating whatever they want to eat, you know, but it's how you think about the food. It's the associations you have to the food that are the biggest impact on what you're going to um, put in your mouth, you know. So when it comes to seafood, yeah, like taste wise, like I, I love seafood. I, I like most fishes. I, I love crabs, lobsters, oysters, clams, all that stuff, shrimp. That being said, I'm also aware that there's mercury issues, pollution issues, all the rest of it. And so I'm very 
sensitive to how much seafood I put in my body, you know, and, and that's part of the reason why I don't eat meat, you know, I'm a pescatarian. And again, I eat very, very little fish. You know, I really build my diet around plants and um, because I feel like that's the safest thing at this point to eat, you know. Um, now, that's just my choice. I'm not saying, you know, there's lots of people eat meat that are very healthy and, and there is healthy meat out there. So, so I'm not saying that. But the seafood, it's, um, you know, like, like I never, I, I stopped eating meat 25 years ago. And a big part is I didn't like the farm raising. Now, I got ethical stuff. It was, it was a little part of that, but it really was more about the health piece of it. Um, and I didn't, I didn't like the quality of what I was putting into my body. And I believe that's only gotten worse over the years. Again, I'm not trying to convert you or anything, but I think it's just honest. I don't know. I'm not going to get here and bullshit you. You know, I feel like there's so much bullshit out there about the foods. And so it's the same with seafood. I love seafood, but I've, I've whittled it way down just because, you know, the mercury issue, the pollution, pollution issue and all that stuff. So <laughs> thanks, Mandy. <laughs> I was other thing I was talking. How's it going? Sarah's here. Mandy's here. It's awesome. It's like a little uh, pop-up uh, coaching call. Which, by the way, y'all, if, if you you guys, anyone in the program, if you ever have questions, you you ask them because I'll answer them here too, you know. And I'm doing great, Mandy. Thank you. It was great meeting you yesterday. And Sarah, you're awesome. I, that was a great call yesterday. I, I was really happy for you. I feel like that that you got some um, made, made some headway there with, with seeing some things in a new way. That was that was fun. Um, Etong says, "Why do people gain weight back after years of losing weight?" Um, well, I, I do. People do gain weight back. Ninety-five percent of people it's estimated gain weight back after dieting. Um, I don't know if it's usually years of losing weight. You know, it's typically weeks, months of losing weight. Rarely, you know, you get to a year. You know, that that's why I would say like most of those people put the weight back on. Um, people getting past years, you know, that that chance of keeping it off go is, is a lot better. Okay, um, but I will tell you the reason I think that people put the weight back on is that they never they never become a thin person. And what I mean by that is that most people have two modes. They've got their overweight mode, which is kind of like what they consider their normal mode. And then they got their diet mode, right? Where they're gonna, they're gonna cut down all the food until they lose the weight. And this is where people most run into problems. And I'll tell you, like you wouldn't, I don't know, you probably don't even believe this because it doesn't make necessary, it doesn't make sense, but none of this makes sense, right? Right? Why would it make, why would someone lose weight and then put it all back on? And that's the norm. That's the usual thing that happens. So that doesn't make sense. But again, I always say like, I work in the realm of the stupid because I work with a subconscious mind, which seems stupid to our conscious mind, right? You've got two minds. You've got a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. The conscious mind is the part of you that's logical, rational, knows you should lose weight, knows why you want to lose weight, knows what you should do to lose weight, tries to get you to do it. That's where your willpower is. And then you have your subconscious mind that runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, right? And this part of your mind, your subconscious mind is not logical and rational. If it was, it would be so easy. It would be metaphorically like you were a robot and you just typed in what you're going to eat all day and then you just did what you were programmed to do, right? How easy would it be if you just ate what you knew you should? But there's some part of you compelling you to eat the wrong food, even though you know you want to lose weight. So how do we make sense of that? And this is where really the starting point, the jumping off point for programming yourself thin. And it's that I believe that your subconscious mind is what's running your behaviors and consequently running your weight. And so what I think a lot of people are is they're, again, they're overweight, they're dieting, because I've had so many conversations with people that are dieting mode now they're at their goal weight and you think they'd be over the moon. They rarely are. Usually what they are is they're in a state of anxious panic because they're worried they're going to put the weight back on because they got two modes, being overweight and dieting. And so the truth is you want to be thin and healthy, right? But when do you ever practice being thin and healthy in this scenario? In your own life, when do you practice being thin and healthy? Never. Right. So again, there's being overweight and there's being on a diet 
for most people. And so they get to the diet. They can't keep dieting and losing weight. So they just revert back. There's a vacuum here. And so, again, the dieter mantra, the overweight person dieter mantra is, I just want to lose weight, I just want to lose weight, I just want to lose weight, I just want to lose weight. They finally lose the weight, and now they can't keep saying that. Now there's this vacuum of what do I say? And a lot of times they fill it in with, I hope I don't put the weight back on. I don't want to put the weight back on. I don't put the weight back on. You know. So I say the way you avoid this is right from the beginning, change your goal. Your goal is not to lose weight. Please understand this. The goal is not to lose weight because you've lost weight before you put it back on. Right? That, that's not a great goal. That wasn't the goal to lose weight. The goal is to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. Okay? So now we're articulating a different goal that sets you up for much more success because you're that, that framing alone, I want to get to my goal weight and live there the rest of my life on near autopilot creates a completely different concept in your mind than I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. And so I suggest you start with that because we want to start programming yourself. Then we start day one with your maintenance plan. Because who gives a shit if you can lose a bunch of weight in an unsustainable way? To me, that's just disappointment on layaway. You know, that's just feeling discouraged and frustrated on the road when you can't maintain it because you don't want to, you can't keep up this extreme thing. So the program yourself, then we're starting with how can I live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on your autopilot? And everything revolves around that goal and idea. And so it subconsciously sets you up for much more success. I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. Because when you just want to lose weight, you start thinking, well, I'll just do whatever. I don't give a shit. 1200 calories sign me up no more carbs yeah great no more sugar okay right and it's like that's not a long-term solution for most people you know it's a short-term solution to lose some weight well then what and that's such a triggering word for people that are losing weight on a diet because i ask them all the times they're successful losing weight and i say what are you going to do when you get your goal weight it's very triggering jim i don't want to talk about it right now i'll figure it out when i get there I get pissed you know and it's because there, there's no answer they have no answer and so i'm telling you don't start another fucking diet if you have no plan for what you're going to do afterwards because you're just you're signing up for disappointment because you know trying the diet and you, you fall off after a couple days that sucks right but you know what's a million times worse is when you stick with it for six months and lose all the weight and then you put it all back on most people can only do that a couple times before they're absolutely just devastated and those are, unfortunately, a lot of times those are the people I work with. People that think about weight loss 24 hours a day but are just stuck. Can't get themselves to do the things, you know? And so, um, yeah, if you don't have a plan for how you're going to maintain it, I don't even know what the point of it is, you know, other than you're just going to feel bad about it. Don says, month two, no meats, and wow, I feel best. Yeah, you know, again, each person's different, you know, so I'm not, I'm not I think everyone should be plant-based. E- eat meat. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't have my opinion on that, but I definitely think plant-based um, diet as a core of your diet is, I think that's a brilliant <laughs> move. But again, that is just my opinion. You know what I mean? Take it or leave it. Because the, the golden rule of programming self, then there's no right or wrong. Is only what works for you. But um, man, I mean, to me, being plant-based is the most, I, I mean, they've, they've studied this shit. It, it's not, you know, you get so much conflicting stuff because there's so much money around things, you know? And one of the main money things is meat. And another main money thing is, is processed foods. And so plant-based diets, I mean, they've studied the blue zones. I, I mean, and it makes common sense, right? We, we evolved in a natural environment where we ate plant-based foods primarily. You know, paleo, man, they found it ate 130 grams of fiber a day. Don't believe the bullshit. <laughs> yes, there are a couple, a couple civilizations that live off like fat meat primarily, you know, Inuit, you know, Eskimos and stuff. But the majority of human population has existed off of plant foods for, for millions of years. You know, so anyways, I don't want to get into that conversation. I know that that's a, a triggering thing for people, but um, that's just, that's my suggestion. And that's my bias, you know, but anyways. Um, yep, that's uh, all right. Good, thanks. I see you all. Yeah, the whole crew's here. I did, thanks. Good, I'm glad, I'm glad. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, started 36-hour fasting every other day, breaking it with the veggie, sausage, cottage cheese, mustard. Angelina, all right. Yeah, how's that going? 36-hour fasting every other day. Good Lord. Um, yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Is that good? Uh, is that good? Well, again, like I just said, there's no good or bad in my world. There's only what you want to do. Um, I mean, that sounds terrible for me. Like, like I, I, I would be a stress case if I was trying to fast 36 hours every other day. Like I'd be, I'd be a wreck <laughs> mentally and emotionally, probably physically. I don't know. Um, so is it good? I don't know. How do you feel? Right. How's it working? You know, that, that's what I'd suggest. Um, if it's going great and you love it and you look forward to, you know, each 36 hour fast, then I say, keep going. You know, if, if you're feeling good, looking good, all that stuff's great. If, if it's really difficult for you and you're having a hard time getting yourself to do that uh, after a little while, you know, is that something you plan on doing forever? You know, th those are the questions I'd want to ask. So it's not so much if it's good or bad. It's um, how do you feel about it? You know, um, oh, good. Yeah, Mandy and Sarah, you guys are reading that book. It's so good, isn't it? I, it's, it is very witty. He's, he's, I'm a big fan of his. Um, sweet Rosie, you make it easy to understand. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate you saying that. I, I That's really what I take most pride in is uh, taking you know, kind of complex ideas. I read a real lot. I mean, I got, I went to college and stuff, but it was like business. I'm not really like a science mind. I'm, I'm not math mind. I'm not that person. Um, so I like to read things. I, I have to read some things a lot of times, but, but my goal is to make them practical as a hypnotist. It's all about communication to me. And so I don't care about teaching some highfalutin idea. I just want to make something practical. That's going to change the way you think about stuff, you know? So that really is a goal of mine. So it makes me happy to hear you say that. Um, yeah, Mandy says, so true, Jim, we get so stuck on losing weight, we forget about the what's behind beyond that. Yeah, exactly, Mandy, right? And it's so important to remember that. One thing I'm really struggling with today is body image, as in seeing myself, as in seeing yourself in the mirror. Okay, yeah, so, okay, th that's a good one, right? So when you're first starting, so program yourself then, the, pro the program really is built around who do you want to be, right? What's the best version of you? Um, and not just how you look, but, but what's the best version of you? you? You, how you think, how you feel, how you act, how you behave, your relationships, your work, all the things that are important in your life. What's the best version of you with those things? That's the key thing. And so we want to step into that version of us as much as possible, because the, every time we step into that version of ourselves, imagine ourselves practice being that version, we become more of that version. It's kind of like when you go to the gym and you lift weights, you're not faking until you make it, you're, you're building muscle. And so the more you imagine yourself as the person you want to be, uh, the better. Now, at first, what happens, people start to say, say, well, I'm imagining myself thin and healthy, and then I look in the mirror and I'm not. And it's jarring, you know, it's shocking what the difference is. So what you want to realize is, and what you want to start with, is that it's not a visual thing, I would suggest. Okay, so it's not visually just seeing yourself the way you want to look. That's a part of it. But I would suggest that you focus more on how you want to feel. Because you can feel how you want to feel right now. You can feel confident, you can feel beautiful, you can feel attractive, you can feel successful. You can feel all of those things right now. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, when you actually start getting the, uh, the results, your weight starts going down, you start you know, approaching the body you want to live in, you'll feel more of those things. But there is zero reason why you can't feel all the emotions you want right now. And so it's more about the feelings that you have inside that you want to have. So Mandy, if you were at your goal weight right now, how would you feel? You write those feelings down and now you start thinking, what will it feel like to feel those things right now in my body I have right now? 
I hope that makes sense because it's not, it's not a visual thing. This is one of the biggest tricks of the diets is they get you almost to 100% focus on the visual of losing weight. And it's one of the least motivating. I know you don't believe me because you just think you want to look better, but I'm telling you, how's that worked? You know what I mean? Like, is that really creating the motivation that's causing you to eat different and lose weight? Or is it just something you just think about all the time? That's the question. And it's probably just something you think about all the time and is not causing you to do the things that get you the results you want. The big shift is to stop thinking just visually how you want to look. Here's what I'm trying to say. Psychologically, biologically, you have like no mechanisms to want to lose weight. You have very little self-awareness of how you look. You understand this is something that's been foisted on us in the modern world. In the primitive world, for millions of years when we evolved, there was no scales, there was no mirrors, there was no pictures, right? So there was a lot less awareness of how you looked compared to now. And so that being said, there was, there wasn't, there's not a lot of psychology, there's not a lot of brain structures dedicated to how you look visually in that sense. Believe me or don't believe me. We have a prefrontal cortex that evolves very quickly. So we, it, there is a piece of our brain that, that does understand what it means. But I'm telling you, it's a lot weaker than the part of you that wants to feel good, that wants to thrive, that wants to feel successful. We've had those parts of our brains for millions of years. So if you orient your weight loss around feeling better, you're going to get much better results. Yes, you want to look better too. That's a piece of it. But I'm telling you, if you make looking better the main thing, you're fucked. <laughs> I can't make it any clearer. And, and I got to say it that way because you're never going to look the way you ultimately want to look. You can always imagine yourself looking better. And so if you're just basing around visuals, it's almost like a guaranteed way to make yourself feel like shit. I'm sitting here at my goal weight right in front of you. I can still find things about my body I'm not happy with, I don't like, you know? But I feel amazing. And, and so, and it's not just feeling like, oh, am I energized? Do I feel strong? Am I flexible? It's not even just that. It's that personal development piece. Do I feel like I am living congruently with my deepest goals? Do I feel excited about the path I'm on and where the future is going to go if I stay on this path? Am I excited about how I've been living today, yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I feel over the moon. I drink my water. I do my meditation. I eat my salad. I, you know, I, mean, I do all the stuff that makes me feel good. So you see what I'm saying? It's like, that's what you, don't worry so much about the body image, worry about the self image. How do you think about yourself? Are you living up or are you moving in the direction of the person you want to be? I hope that makes sense, right? Because that's, that's the big shift. Um, I need to know your meal plans, <laughs> Dolores says. Um, here's the thing. You don't need to know my meal plans because the, the meal plans are not the problem, folks. I, I can't, I'm glad you said that, Dolores, and I'm not picking on you when I say this, but it's the meal plan is not the problem. I could sit here. I could sell my meal plan. I could put a program together and call it some witty name about a diet. And it'd just be my meal plan, what I eat. And I could sell the shit out of it. I would not do that to you because you, you it wouldn't work for you. You ain't me. You have to get yourself out of this mindset that, cause this is what every diet, if you want to take every single diet and workout program that's ever been made and put them into one bucket so that we can categorize them in one way, it's this that they're always giving you the perfect plan and they're saying, here you go, now go follow it. And it's up to you to follow it. And what do you do? You use your willpower to try and follow it. And it lasts a couple days and then you can't do it and you just go back to what you always did. So it's not the meal plan that's the problem. It's the fact that you have no understanding of how to change your behavior. And so yes, and program yourself then, I give you guidance of how to create your own meal plan. I give you, you know, nutritional nourishment guidance about how to make the best choices. Um, but you've got to figure this out for yourself because Dolores, you, you don't, you probably don't like the same things I do. 
right? So it's like, do you love peanut butter? I love peanut butter. So peanut butter is a big part of my strategy. But if you don't like peanut butter, what are you going to do? Just like what people always do with diets. You try and fit a square peg into a round hole. You try and force yourself to follow a plan that you fucking hate, right? Does, does anyone like doing keto? Cut it out, <laughs> you know? Because if, you, if, you if you're not currently doing it and loving it, then you don't like doing it. I love the way that I eat. I love it. I love what I eat for breakfast every day. I love what I eat for lunch. And I love what I eat for dinner. So it's like, and I love what I, again, so let me give you a little bit of guidance doors and program yourself. Then we follow a five, two model, five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. There's a lot of psychology built into that. And a lot of, a lot of, you know, strategy built into that. But the idea is that you have to figure out what you like to eat. What satisfies you? Everybody's different. You know, what satisfies me may not satisfy you, you know, but I now have a way to eat where I know when I eat breakfast, I'm going to be fully satisfied until lunch. I know when I eat lunch, I'm fully satisfied till dinner. I eat dinner. I'm good for the rest of the night, you know, but I had to work on it. What works for me? Not only what satisfies me, what do I enjoy eating? What do I enjoy making? What's easy to get? You see? So there's more to it. Um, and I think that's an important point because I think as long as you're just chasing a meal plan, you're going to just be spinning your wheels because that's not even the problem. All the diets work, man. They've tested all the diets. You know that? They've, they've tested low fat, low carb against each other. And as long as people were following, they got similar results. There is no like supreme diet ultimately. Yeah, keto is great because you lose a lot of water weight and muscle weight fast. Um, so it seems exciting. But, but after the, the initial you know, loss, they all end up being about the same. And so it's really about figuring out what works for you. You know, and, and I can't tell you how important this is because once you take a little bit of time to figure out what works for you, now it's way easier to follow it. You know, and that's the main, main part. Um, Lisa says, thanks, Jim. Can't listen at work. <laughs> That's good. I got a few minutes in. Uh, Sarah says, body image is a big one. Telling myself I love my body doesn't work well. Yes, yeah, Sarah. I, I'm glad you said that. That's the thing with affirmations and stuff. We never want to bullshit ourselves, okay? Um, I will tell you one thing about loving your body. I, I'll give you a little hack here. Um, because what you're doing, you say, I love my body. But what you're doing is you're thinking visually how it looks. One way to actually genuinely feel love for your body, because I love this one. This is such a great example of, you know you should feel love for your body, right? I think everyone on the planet would be like, yes, I should love my body, right? And you certainly would tell everyone else that you know, you should love your body, you know? And it's one of these bullshit things because like, we can't actually feel it, right? So it's like, it sounds good, but we, we have a very hard time actually generating a feeling of love for our body, right? So here's a little hack that can, that can work really well for that, is that we start off with functional, our functional body, not our aesthetic visual body, okay? And so this is a shift. And so what you do, and this is really helpful because, you know, again, you don't know what you got till it's gone, but it's, it's looking at your body and genuinely loving it. Loving that you can see because you have eyes. Loving that you can pick things up because you have hands. Loving that you can breathe easily because you have lungs that are healthy and work well. Right? And again, I'm saying if you don't have hands, then you, you're happy you got feet. So everyone's got something. Everyone's got things they're not happy with. But when you start looking at your body functionally, that's a path to genuinely feeling love, right? So, so if, you're, if your legs are working well and your, your spine's working, you can walk, just walk, right? Again, through relativity, we look at someone who can't walk, right? someone's in a wheelchair, has a spinal disease, paraplegic. Then all of a sudden, we, say, oh, we don't do that a lot, right? Because what are we doing? We're comparing ourselves against supermodels. So I want to look like that. Well, I don't look like that. I don't love my body, right? And getting that weird thing. So again, I like to start to genuinely feel love for your body, genuinely, go into the functional aspects and, you know, think about your body compared to other bodies. All right. Um, what about gluten? Um, yeah, I mean, gluten, you know, again, some people have gluten intolerances and all the rest of it. So I think just in general, cutting down 
the carbs, the refined carbs, cutting down flour, cutting down wheat, I think is a smart move just in general. The number one source of calories for adults in America is baked goods, baked goods. So, um, you know, again, it depends where you're at. Some people are sensitive to gluten, have allergies. Some people aren't. So there's that, first of all, if you're sensitive and allergic to it, you know, obviously cut it down as much as you possibly can. Um, but I think just in general, across the board, this is why I think keto, it works and it's a, the diet that really dazzles people's brains because it, it's, it subtly gets to the point that we're consuming way too many refined carbs in this culture, you know? So I think we can always work to reduce those a bit. Um, that's what I'm doing right now. Intermittent fasting. I've lost 45 pounds in five months. Wow, great job, Andy. Um, why do people have the need to try extreme diets? Why starve? See what happened to Samsonova. I don't know Samsonova, but um, yeah, why do people try extreme diets? Well, I'll tell you why. Um, typically what motivates people to want to lose weight is a pain-based experience, right? Spontaneous pain-based experience. You step on the scale, you see a picture of yourself, uh, the clothes, you know, that you swore would always fit, don't fit all of a sudden. Um, someone says something shitty to you, you got a doctor's appointment coming up and you freak out. And you're so upset about the situation you're in that you get into a very, very emotional state, a state of anxiety, panic, stress. And in that state, you're just ripe for the picking for these extreme diets. You say, I don't give a shit. I just want to lose the weight. And then, you, you know, you do water fast, you know, 36 hour fast, uh, you know, no more sugar, no more carbs, tell, you know, a thousand calories, whatever. And so I think that what precedes all extreme diets is extreme desperation and pain. And I think that's where a lot of people make their weight loss decisions from a state of extreme pain, you know, and so which is another way to w w say that you don't really know how to motivate yourself. That spontaneous pain that you feel isn't long lasting, you know, and that's why it doesn't last. And so, again, program yourself. Then the very first thing you go through is how to motivate yourself because you don't know how to motivate yourself. You don't unless you're actively following a plan of losing weight. You most likely don't know how to motivate yourself because, again, you, you just got caught in the cycle of this extreme pain and then you get so desperate, you choose some crazy one meal a day, you know, whatever, whatever extreme thing it is. And then you try for a little while, it doesn't work. And then you just go back to whatever, wait for the next pain-based experience, just repeat it, right? That's, that's what most people do. Yeah, I said yesterday, the guilt I have with meals is such a huge thing to tackle for me. Um, yeah, Mandy, we'll talk about that. Let's talk about that because that guilt with the meals is such a huge thing. <laughs> sleepy time, but I love bagels, LOL. I love bagels too. I eat bagels every week, you know, but I, I eat them on the weekend though, you know, and um, I, I eat the hell out of them. And what I mean by that is, I, is I, I eat one a day. I'm not eating them all day long. But what I mean when I say I eat the hell out of them is I get special bagels delivered from New York. They're, they're really, really good. And I enjoy those bagels probably more. See, like this is what people don't understand, I think, is that how do you get the most, so what do I say? Program Yourself 10 is a 5-2 philosophy. Five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. This pleasure eating piece is something a lot of people don't really understand, but it's a huge part of the process is how do you get the most pleasure possible out of food? That's what the whole program's built around. Now, I know your initial response, well, I'll just eat everything. That ain't the most pleasure. The most pleasure is when you're eating what you truly enjoy and love eating at your goal weight, when you're in control of your health and control of your eating and feeling like you're in control of yourself. That to me is the most enjoyable, pleasurable meal you can possibly have. So I eat bagels, but I eat them on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I got say, I love bagel sandwiches so much. These bagels are so good. I eat them guilt-free. And so it seems like a good balance. This idea, I, I hate this idea about dieting that you can never eat a certain thing again. Because I think there's no quicker way to feel deprived and to knock yourself off track with your eating plan than to say, okay, no more sugar, no more carbs. You know, because as soon as you, oh, no more carbs, your brain starts going to like, oh my God, but you know, I got Billy's birthday party in three weeks. What am I going to do? Just sit there and not eat any cake. 
know what I mean? Your brain just starts going looking for all this stuff. It's it's bad strategy, in my opinion. You know, if it works for you, ignore what I'm saying. Um, but for most people, you know, they, they want to do keto, but they can't. And I think a big part of that is this this all or nothing mentality. So yeah, sleepy time. You can eat bagels absolutely and control your weight. Um, thank you, Jim. I really need to write them down more and put them into reality. Yeah, Mandy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'll get to my mattress away for life when no longer carry fast. Don, I love that. I love hearing that. You know, that's the difference between conditional and unconditional motivation. Tony Robbins used to always ask the best question. He goes, if you had a kid that was learning to walk, how long would you give them to learn how to walk? Right. How long would you give them to, to try walking until you cut them off and said, that's it. You suck. You're never going to, you're done. Right. Now it's a, it's a silly question because there is no time limit, right? My kid's going to practice until they learn to walk. But when it, when it comes to weight loss, you know, is that what you're like? Or are you like, well, I've been eating good all week. Let's, oh, you know what I mean? Like it's very conditional. If the scale doesn't, you know, show you what you expected, that it's very difficult for you to stay motivated, you know? So getting rid of that, how fast it's going to happen is one of the best things you can do to master your weight. Very, very helpful. Um, that means I love that because that's exactly how I feel. It's what I look like as Kibas shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how can I lose weight with Hashimoto's? Wow, so, okay. Um, same way anyone loses weight. You know, you change what you're eating. You know, that's how you do it. Again, I, I work with people with Hashimoto's, PCOS, menopause, um, thyroid issues, all of it. I've, I've helped with people with all of the physical issues and they all lose weight when they change what they're eating. So yes, those are real physical issues that may slow down your weight loss or make it harder. I'm not dis- disagreeing with that part, but at the end of the day, it always comes down to what you're putting in your mouth consistently, you know? And so um, how to lose weight with Hashimoto's is you change what you're eating. You most likely, you obviously reduce the calories that you're consuming. Um, and to do that in the easiest way possible, you know, again, I think plant-based, if you can do it, you know what I mean? Like if it works for you, um, and if not, it's just kind of, you know, it's trial and error. Understanding calorie density is really, really helpful, you know, so that you can reduce calories and feel full. That, that's the holy grail of weight loss right there. And so when you have foods that, that agree with you and that you're okay with you, um, that are low calorie, but satisfy you, that's how you lose weight. You know, that's how we all lose weight. Um, <laughs> no to keto, Sarah says, <laughs> I couldn't live without carbs. Yeah, me either. I, I, what else? You see, and that brings it back to the point, like, again, what's your goal weight, right? So say, well, how do you choose a goal weight? This is a, a sketchy area for a lot of people because their goal weight is really just like this arbitrary number they've been holding on to forever. And it doesn't have a lot of meaning. And so you've got to, that, that's the first starting point is what's your goal weight and why? I asked that. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I always ask, why do you want to weigh that? And, the, and I work with very smart, successful people. And the answer is almost always some shitty answer. Oh, I weighed that when I was 25. Oh, that's when I weighed when I got married or graduated college. Or You know what I mean? It's just like, it has no meaning now. Oh, it's 30 years later. Who gives a shit? You're not 20 years old. What, 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 that's it? That's why you want to be 20 again? Because that's not happening. <laughs> not to be rude, but we need good reasons because it's not easy to lose weight. It's because it, it's not that it's not easy to lose weight. It's not easy to change your behavior. Ta-da. <laughs> that's the problem, right? It's not easy. It's not easy to change your behavior. Anything. It's not easy to learn how to brush your teeth with the other hand. Like any change is, is not easy and your brain resists it. So you better have good reasons why you want to do this. And it starts with a goal weight. And so what I would suggest to you is that you choose the goal weight that's going to be the best quality of life. And to really understand what I mean with that, you know, a lot of people don't realize they're doing this, but they're picking a number that they want to weigh. And it's just kind of like this disembodied number that lives in a vacuum. They're not taking into account that they've got to live and eat a certain way in order to achieve that weight and stay there. And they're choosing weights that they're not willing to live and eat that way at. 
And I think this is the core of 95% of people's problem is they're choosing a way they don't want to live and eat that way. So there's, there's, you're starting with this incongruence. I don't want to do it. It's, that's what creates the ambivalence. I kind of want to lose weight, but uh, I kind of don't. Do you feel like that? Do you think about losing weight 24 hours a day, but you don't actually do anything to make it happen? Part of the reason is probably that you're choosing a weight that's too low. What's too low? You're not willing to live that way. Let me get, give you context. So let's just say you pick a weight. In order to live it that weight, you got to drink water and eat carrots most of the day. Well, that sucks. That's a shitty quality of life. You don't want to do that, but you're not willing to raise your goal weight. Well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But again, this is where there's such a great quote. This is from some Da Vinci book. I don't know if he said it or whatever, but don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. See, like that's the thing. The diet has fixated in your mind this idea of perfection and anything less than that's not worth it. And that's the biggest crock of shit I've ever heard. Because you take your goal weight and think about halfway get, getting halfway there. If you woke up halfway there tomorrow, would you not feel a lot better? You, you know what I mean? Like, like you're, you're constantly, it's this all or nothing mentality of the diet is one of the worst mindset pieces um, there is, you know? <laughs> Carbs is life. I do portion control, low carb, that helps me. Yeah, great. Nice job, lucky lady. Maggie says, I love your message. It's so true. Think myself thin, stop eating it enough, only eat when hungry. Yeah, Maggie, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. And it takes practice though. That's the other piece is that with the diet industry and the weight loss, it's like this idea like, I just need the perfect plan to follow and then I'll follow it, you know? And it's like, that's not true. You need to practice. You know what I mean? Like you're waiting for this perfect plan. It's it's an all or nothing thing. You need all or something. That's program yourself thin. We're building on our mistakes. You know, you're doing this thing where it's like, you, if it's not perfect, it's not worth it. And that's such bullshit because you're never getting any further along. It's the mistakes that help you grow. It's like this with everything you learn. If you play a musical instrument, you want to learn a language, you want to learn any skill at all, play basketball, literally golf, you're going to suck at it. And then your body figures out how to do it better. And when it comes to weight loss, you won't accept anything but perfection. So you don't give yourself any space to learn and to grow and evolve into the person you want to be. And most likely you're sitting here 20 years after you started your first diet with as little understanding of how to lose weight as when you first started. You, you, did, you haven't learned anything. You've just gone through a string of meal plans, philosophies, and you haven't worked on what's in here at all. And so nothing's changing. It's only just getting worse and worse and worse. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, Let's see. Yep. Oh, good, good. Yeah, Sarah, you like that about the body, right? It's it's very helpful. Again, that's what I say. Like, I'm all about practicality because I, I, I can't stand. I hate the weight loss industry so much. I really do. It makes me nuts. Um, this idea, like, like people, like, love your body. You should love your body, you know? And it's like, yeah, you should, but great. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you should do lots of things. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. There's the problem, okay? Fine, I said it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to love my body, right? Let's be honest. If I say, I could sit here, everyone in the world, oh, yeah, you should love your body. Yeah, we all agree. Go ahead and love it. Let, let, let me know how it goes. You loving it? You loving your body? <laughs> you done bullshitting yourself, you know? So again, we have to find ways to truly feel what we want to feel. And it's not the same bullshit ways we've been trying, you know? That's why one of the core NLP presuppositions is that if something's not working, do something different. And we need that as a presupposition because we need to be reminded that as humans, because us humans just keep doing the same dumb shit, right? That's that saying, if you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, the definition of insanity, but we all do that, you know? So I'm glad that helped you, um, Sarah. Uh, Don says, literally why we yo-yo diet must enjoy what we eat, enjoy in a thoughtful way. Yeah, of course, of course, right? Um, yeah, user something, five years, 100 pounds down. Wow, congratulations, five years. That's, that's, that's what I'm impressed by. 100 pounds impressive too, that's great. But the five years... Man, when you stick to someone for five years, 
you've integrated it, right? You've internalized that. And so, so that's awesome. Great job, great job. Weight loss tips for short girls. I'm five foot, 33 years old, and it's been a struggle. Um, I mean, it's the same tips for everyone. Your, your struggles are a little different, you know, than, than other people's, right? It's the same like people say, Hashimoto's, there's always specific challenges, but the, the answer is always the same, that you need to change how you're eating, change how you're living, change how you're thinking, you know? So what I would say to everyone, I want to say this, I get it out of here in a minute, I don't want to forget it. Um, if you're not in my world um, outside of TikTok, click on the bio um, on my TikTok uh, bio or go to programyourselfthin.com and I give you a free hypnosis session, okay? And it's called the New Thin Me. It's a kickstart session. Please go and listen to this, okay? Because it'll give you first, it'll let you test out this approach I'm talking about because it'll clar- clarify in your mind what you want to achieve. And then most importantly, it helps you connect to it. And I think what you'll find is it's very motivating. And when you genuinely feel motivated, you're probably going to notice that you tend to naturally make better food choices, make healthier decisions in your life. And so I want you to experience that firsthand because uh, it, it, again, I, I could sit here and talk all day. I was always like, the, you know, the, um, I could tell you about a roller coaster or I could put you in it, right? <laughs> Those are, they're, they're similar, but totally different, right? And so it's the same thing here. Again, I'm, I'm saying lots of things, but when you actually use the hypnosis session, which I intentionally designed for you to kind of get you really fired up and motivated, they're, they're two totally different things. It's free. Just go test it out. It's 10 minutes of your time. Um, and then it takes a couple minutes to send it to you. I There's a training I made for you too, three steps to master your weight, where I share the exact system I'm talking about here in, in kind of systematic detail. Here I'm, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place. And so, I don't know, go watch it. It's all free. You know, it's just it's a few minutes of your time could completely change the way you're thinking about it. So that's what I'd say to you, Kristen. You're, don't buy into the idea that just because you're five feet, it's harder. Um, I'm not saying that it's not harder either, by the way. Everyone's got challenges um, that they're dealing with. But at the end of the day, it all ultimately comes down to three things, changing your mindset, how you're thinking, changing your lifestyle, how you're living, and changing your reading. And so in that training, I go into a lot more detail than I could answer right now. Um, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, Mandy, you're short too? All right, I didn't know that. But again, I, I get that. But it, don't don't let that be, don't, don't get hung up on that piece. Everyone's got challenges. And that becomes that problem versus solution-oriented thinking. And I'm not, I'm not just, you know, I'm not trying to bypass a real challenge because um, I, I recognize it, but the solution's always the same. Don't fixate on the problem. Fixate on the solution. And that, that's the key thing. Um, I got into vegetables. Okay, yeah, okay. So this person said they, they lost 100 pounds for five years. They got into vegetables. Vegetables, folks, right? That, that's, the, that's the key. I believe that. Do you recommend having stepping stone weight? Um, I, I already know where you're going with this. Stepping stone weight goals and overall one right from the get-go. Um, I like both. I use both of them. And so I have a general, because listen, you don't even know what your goal weight wants to be. I, I know you don't want to hear that, folks, but you really don't know what your real goal weight's going to be, especially if you're like 40, 50 pounds away from it. I would suggest breaking it down. Um, and there's lots of different ways to break it down. So, you know, if you're, you know, 250 pounds, you know, maybe 225 the first one and then to get under 200, you know, because I think you should shorten the goal so it feels more doable. You know, so I'm a big fan of breaking it up, but also having a, a ultimate goal as well. I like both of those. Okay. Um, opinion on liquid calories via alcohol. Well, you know, listen, here's, here's the important thing about liquid calories is your body doesn't process them. Um, let me put it simple. Your body doesn't like recognize liquid calories, right? Compared to eating calories. So those liquid calories just slide right by your calorie detection system. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, cause there was no, there was no liquid calories in the natural world, you know? So, so a lot of those calories just go in and they, they, 
they offer no satiety. They don't satisfy us. You know, they just add extra calories. So that being said, I drink alcohol. Um, so I just, I, I factor it in, engineer it in. Um, but, but understand that, you know, those extra, they're kind of extra calories, you know, and, and you're, they're going to slip right by you. So it does make it harder. And then the alcohol as well, it'll usually increase your hunger and reduce your inhibition. So yes, alcohol does make it harder. Doesn't mean you have to stop drinking alcohol, but you definitely have to pay attention to it, you know, and moderate it, I would suggest. Um, hi, do you have a podcast? Would love to listen to more of your content. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So it's program yourself then. And um, yeah, I put them up every day, every weekday I do a podcast. Uh, and so, yeah, go check them out. Listen to them. People listen to them all the time. The more you listen to what I'm saying, the more it sinks in and it'll affect you. You know, that's what my program yourself then, you know, there's a, the program I, I coach people through is, um, you know, it, it's very audio oriented. You know, it's a lot of listening to hypnosis sessions and trainings and stuff. Um, but listen to this podcast. It's going to change the way that you conceptualize weight loss. And that's going to make a huge difference for you. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, Mike says, my issue is moderation control. And then when I'm overeating, it's always the bad food. Yeah, I get that, Mike. Um, so uh, <laughs> I had Deb, thank you. Get into Jim's world. Best decision I ever made. Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome meeting you yesterday, Deb. Um, which, yeah, folks, you know, you, you right now, you can literally work with me, you know, through my program. And um, again, I tell you this now because it won't be, it won't be at that price for long. You know, I'm just starting to test advertising and, and that will mean the price will go up because I always keep the coaching program to a certain size so that I can work with you. You know, I work with you twice a week. Right? We have coaching calls every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon and I spend a, a lot of time working with you, which is really valuable. You know, no one really thinks about weight loss coaches much, right? It's, it's not that much of a thing at this point, but it's really important because we all get kind of locked into our own realities, you know, and I have someone out here. I won't even mention your name, you know, if you're still on here, I think. Um, but this is a very smart woman and you can tell I mean, she's very intelligent. She's been studying nutrition and weight loss for many, many years, maybe into decades. And we had a conversation yesterday for 15 minutes and it just really expanded how she was looking at it in a very powerful way. And it's not because I'm a genius. It's just because I know how people think. And I know we all tend to narrow down how we think of stuff. And we get ourselves trapped mindset-wise. That's why I always say the mindset's the most important thing. And so I, I can, I've been doing, I've done over 5,000 private ways. So this is what I do. And I can help expand your mind to find solutions that fit you. That, that's the point. It's very unique. But anyways, um, moderation control. Moderation control is a challenge. It comes down to your hunger levels and it comes down to practicing. You know, again, um, that's the core of the program yourself. Then program is the program yourself thin technique. It's a redo technique and a rehearsal technique. It's, it's done in a hypnotic way. It takes a minute or two. You do it every night. And this is, if you do this every night, it absolutely transforms you because it's you programming your own subconscious mind specifically, right? With your specific issues. So, so if Mike, he's got issues with moderation control and he says it's the bad food, it's specific food at specific times in specific situations. So this is why like hypnosis sessions, just general ones are not going to do it for you. I, I offer those as a support system to create a mindset. And again, they're offered a much different, in my program, you get like 70 daily it's an eight week program. You get 70 hypnosis sessions, but they're bite size. It's very practical and strategic. There's also a library of regular hypnosis sessions, but ultimately it's you have to program yourself specific to your situation. And so you need to program yourself. Let's just say, for example, the moderation, your, your issue, Mike, is happening very pattern oriented. It's probably happening at night um, on your sofa 
you know, when you're tired from the day with certain foods, let's just say, for example. And so, you know, again, I could give you a general hypnosis session, but it's way more powerful when you are programming yourself relative to that exact context. So it, it's very important. So it's hard for me to explain what I mean without explaining the whole system. But um, what it comes down to is practicing. Who do you want to be in that situation? How do you want to eat in that situation? And you keep on kind of Monday morning quarterbacking it, whether you, you're always winning or learning. And we look back and use the reading rehearsal technique to really program ourselves to eat exactly the way that we want to in these different situations. So I can't talk more about it, but I got, I got to get out of here in a second. Um, thank you, Mandy. Highly recommend the program on day four, and I feel amazing already. Best thing ever done. I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, yeah, go check it out. You can see it at programyourselfthin.com. You'll see what it's all about. Um, but I think you'll find it. It's probably one of the more unique, comprehensive programs than you've ever seen. Um, yeah, the Zoom calls are great. The Zoom calls are great. That, there's no question about that. The program's awesome, but the, the, the Zoom calls, that's where I can offer you the most value if I can work with you. Um, which is better, eating several small meals or like one or two big meals for weight loss? Um, you know, Lena, listen, it all comes down to calories consumed. And so it, it comes down to which fits better for you, you know? And so um, I, I wouldn't want to eat several small meals because it's just more, to me, it's just more work. Um, I like kind of building around three meals a day um, and, and optimize. I've, I've now optimized this. My breakfast gets me to lunch. My lunch gets me to dinner. My dinner gets me through the night. And it took me a while to figure that out. Um, but if, if smaller meals works for you and you like that better then that, that's good, but there's no right or wrong with it. It really comes down, down to calories you're consuming overall. That that's the main thing. Um, have you created any weight loss hypnosis programming for folks with aphantasia, no mental pictures? Um, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's really, it's really about the internal dialogue more than anything. So it's really, it's less about mental pictures and way more about what you're saying to yourself. So it's more auditory. Um, we're, we're basing it more on your auditory cortex and your visual cortex. So yeah, um, it's all built around that really. Um, thank you to Jim. I've turned my sessions into having to brush my teeth. So I'm such a routine. Oh, that's awesome, Andy. Great job. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Good, Mike. I'm, I'm glad that helps you a little bit. Again, I wish I could talk a little bit more about that. Cause I, I love, I love that, that topic. I got to get out of here. Everyone. I got a call coming up. Um, again, go, go check, get my hypnosis session. I give it to you for free. It's at, um, program or my bio. Just click that link. Uh, watch the training. It's about a half hour, but it, it'll give you a new concept. It's completely different than probably what you've heard at all um, with weight loss. And then again, check out the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, leave me some reviews, right? If you got something nice to say, just write something nice about it. Um, if you got nothing nice to say, just, just leave it alone. But I'd appreciate that. that. That would be helpful. And then I'm on YouTube as Jim Katsoula. So thank you so much, everyone. Have a great day and we'll talk soon. Bye.